Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome to episode 346 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films to high-end TV and everything in between. Yay! How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to royally F them up. In our very, very humble opinion, I'm Giles Alderson. I'm Dominic Noir. We are writers, directors, and producers. And Transformers. We are Transformers. This is part two of our Transformers special, Rise of the Beasts. You could say. As you know, last Tuesday we had on producer Lorenzo de Bonaventura. Mm. Mega producer. Uber producer. As we told you then, we're doing a part two with the director, Stephen Capel Jr. And its stars of the film, Antti Ramos and Dominique Fishback. What a Mm. treat. Yeah. First of all, we're going to bring you the director, Stephen Capel Jr. So what do we talk about, Dom? Using reaction shots with robots for emotion. That was an exciting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about pitching a unique vision to the studios. And we talk about how he went from an indie film, The Land, to Creed 2, to Transformers. Um, and what it's like shooting a huge Hollywood movie. Why he cut out big finished sequences and why he had the voice actors on set. Mm. Yeah, Stephen, what a guy he was. Really lovely. And he's had a really interesting way in. He made the feature film The Land, which was his debut movie in 2016. Um, it got a lot of buzz, got a lot of attention, did very well for him. It landed, you could say. <laughs> That's good. It definitely did, and it was his breakthrough movie, because after that, his next movie was Creed 2, right? It was written by yep. Sylvester Stallone, starring Michael B. Jordan, uh, Tessa Thompson, and Sylvester Stallone, obviously. Dolph Lundgren was in there as well. Good old Dolph, yeah. Yeah, good old Dolph. And then he went on to make Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. What a rise. A.K.A. Bumblebee 2. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I think what's very interesting, though, is that he, he does have a, a background in having grown up on Beast Wars uh, and Transformers himself. So he actually did pitch to the studios a, a genuine story idea that's backed up by what he sort of grew up with the franchise. And, and the studio listened. And I think those are some of the positives of this film actually is, is that original Transformers fans will see things that they like and they'll see new things as well I think it's taken a really new nice direction and there's a lot of heart in this movie um, so yes absolute delight so do go watch it uh, it's in cinemas still now it's Paramount that you go and see it because it was produced by Paramount um, Michael Bay also produced it Tom DeSanto and of course Lorenzo de Bonaventura. Go back and listen to that episode. It's fascinating. It's so fascinating of how Hollywood movies get made. And a treat for you next Tuesday, by the way, everyone. If you don't know already, if you've not seen our socials, myself and Dom sat down with the legend, the director and writer, the Oscar winner, Christopher McQuarrie. Woo! And we're talking all about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, the brand new movie, which is out next week. Oh, my God, it is amazing. Which you should be seeing. You really should be seeing. You should be seeing. Um, But that's next week for you. Mm. That's next Tuesday on the Filmmakers Podcast. Um, So let's play the trailer. Then Stephen Cable Jr. will jump back in to introduce the actors, Antti Ramos and Dominique Fishback. So settle in for this first part of part two. Transformers Rise of the Beast special with myself and Dom Noir <laughs> and director Stephen Cable Jr. 
Enjoy. Transformers. Dom is in disguise. <laughs> there we go. when I said it out loud. You've never faced anything like this. Oh God. It's about to go down. Oh God. It's about to go down. Oh God. It's about to go. It's about to go. It's about to go down. If you keep your eyes open, life will show you everything you need to know. Now that's top tier manifestation. Amanda on the banter, just one answer. I'm an animal. Remember's in the trap with him. We find this alone, or we find it together. Together. Let's get it. Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Yeah, turn it up. I'm never leaving Brooklyn again. On my soul. So we, we were at the premiere last night. We had a, a great time. Oh. Um, how, are you, how are you feeling? I mean, your movie's just come out. It's crazy. Like, it's, you know, so I'm a little bit like, all right, now we're about to step out there. You know, so I'm uh, feeling a little vulnerable today, you know, a little bit. Um, but in terms of the screenings, they've been great. You know, yeah. last night, the London premiere was amazing. It was beautiful actually like yeah. the, everything from the carpet but having optimus prime there and optimus primal there in yeah. our in our car mirage like um designs that i've worked on for quite a long time and like see them in person and always like it never gets old yeah man, it must have been amazing like for yeah. you to just go through for even us walking on mm. that red carpet last night it was mm -hmm. it was like wow this is massive yeah and like yeah. you say seeing the big transformers up there as well mm -hmm. and that's and and what's a amazing childhood dream isn't it exactly and that was you and that is kind of your childhood mm -hmm. dream as well you know yeah. with beast wars and watching them and getting mm -hmm. this movie let's talk about that then you know to go from you know uh your fantastic sundance movie to oh, creed 2 you. <laughs> to you know Transformers, yeah. that's a huge yeah. leap in a very short space of time. Very true. We've been working. I've been working. Yeah, you've been working. And uh, we were saying it's a fantastically accomplished film. It's super. You, You're a fantastic director. It's so good to see. Talk us through that for you and how that feels, the pitching process. I mean, obviously, we'll go into mm -hmm. it as much as we can, but maybe just you can sum it up in the moment of, mm -hmm. you know, making that leap. And yeah, how you no, feel I you mean, I, it. I, it, was, it was early on, like after Creed 2 is when uh, there's a woman at... Uh, Paramount, Liz Raposo, who actually used to be there at Paramount, mm. she's the one who first called me and was like, look, I love your work. Uh, I love Mike, et cetera. She's actually running Michael B. Jordan's company now. Uh. Um, and she was saying, uh, yeah, there's a few things I want to talk to you about. Can you come to the studio? And I came to the studio, and it was Bumblebee 2 is what she said. Mm. And I was like, I'll be real with you. I just came out of Creed 2. <laughs> And it's called Creed 2. And I was like, I don't want to do a Bumblebee 2. Yeah. I was like, uh, and it's nothing against Bumblebee. No. Like, I saw the movie. I was like, it's sure. a good movie. I'm yeah. like, yeah. nah, I love Bumblebee's character. I love Transformers. And I'm just like, but I was like, I don't know if I could do a sequel, you know. Yeah. And like, uh, and I didn't know where to take Bumblebee in terms of a sequel, like just him. And so um, it didn't happen. The world went through 2020. So everything kind of stopped. Yeah. Uh, movies I worked on stopped. And so uh, at the moment, they came back to me in 2020 and said, okay, we figured out what direction we want to go. and We actually have a script. And I was like, oh, what is it? And it's like, well, it's not Bumblebee 2, right? It's like, but it is taking place after Bumblebee. And I was like, okay. And it's like, it's a Transformers movie. And but we're bringing in the Beast. It's the Maximals. And I was like, you mean like Beast Wars? Like I flipped out. I was like, <laughs> Beast Wars? I was like, I didn't know this. I didn't hear about this. Like mm -hmm. I just kind of came out of nowhere for me. Uh, maybe because I was doing other stuff in 2020, but when I heard Beast Wars was being made, I was like, whoa. And they're like, here's the script. And so I read the script, and there were some things I liked about it. There's Peru, there was New York, mm -hmm. uh, there was the Beast Wars or Beast Element. 
But uh, I, I wanted to give them more personality. Um, yes. I wanted to start Optimus Prime off somewhere differently. And the human characters were okay. You know, they, they served the story in terms of plot, but they didn't have any, like, heart or grit or anything like that that I love that I try to bring to any of my films. And so what I pitched them was the themes of Noah's Ark, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, I like the pun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his, his whole arc, the whole thing with the, the military and like no, uh, Elena's glass ceiling over at work and like her boss taking her credit. I wanted to really make sure these guys felt like nothing at the top of this film. Like the world saw them as like, you're just here, a tool, and these guys become heroes. So I was like, I want the human characters to feel like heroes because every time I watch Transformers, they don't. 1986 film, Daniel and these guys, they were heroes. They were wearing the exosuit. Exo and then I was like, mm. I want to bring an exosuit. And that's mm. how I like, came together. And I was like, Noah has to transform mm. and become a transformer. And then I pitched him the exosuit. The studio's really excited about the exosuit. They're excited about the themes. They're excited about everything that I kind of presented, the things that they were, the two things they were wary about <laughs> were Unicron. Because mm -hmm. they yeah. were like, what it's a big, the hell? big thing. Yeah. 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 It was yeah. a different villain different at the time. Villain. I can't even yeah. remember what the, who the villain was. Um, I don't even want to say it because, you know, they might try to yeah. bring him back if I'm yeah. not hearing the next one. <laughs> but the villain was like, it, it, it didn't cut it out for me. And I was like, who is this guy? I was yeah. like, nah. I was like, who is this guy? I, yeah, and I was like, I feel like I also wanted to like introduce the the, the, the universe in a big way. And that was mm. my big pitch to them. Mm. So it'll go into my second thing they were kind of worried about. But the idea that there's more out there so the Maximals are something else. Then the Unicron says there's another planet out there, and he has Terracons on him. That's his army. And so uh, then I introduced Scourge and the whole nine. But they were like, how do we do with the size thing? And, you know, isn't he supposed to be Earth? And I was like, I don't know how many people know what was happening in 4 or 5 of Transformers. I was like, I think we should take our own sort of, like, creative liberties and, like, focus on this. And I, I, lo I love that right. you. I love that you've brought it back to the original movie. I mean, like I, I grew up on that. It was just mm -hmm. pure, pure joy watching that movie, like every time. And Unicron yeah. was the big. I mean, he was so big and yeah. so uh, such a big villain. Yeah. Um, and and you know, you, and you, you managed to bring in the personality of that film as well mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the characters. Uh, I mean, it sounds like the studio was was very receptive to your ideas, oh, which, is in, which is incredibly refreshing to hear. I think for for filmmakers, they were. Yeah, um, Paramount was. Yeah. So, I mean, did you? How did you sort of go from the pitch to actually getting the movie? Was it just sort of they liked all the ideas and then that was it, yeah. or were there other people you were against? Or no, I think um, they they dug the ideas. I, I think the uh, when does this come out? Can we talk about the post credits? Yeah, that? the podcast will come out. <laughs> Like next week, so yes. Yeah. Okay, I mean, there's a not post credit scene, but there's an ending movie where this organization is now also like you know saying what's up and introducing themselves into this potential crossover was the other thing. So they were excited about all those elements when it went pitching it to them. It was like, all right, can you make this work in a time given? And so that was a big thing. And so I rewrote the script with a few uh, Darnell and Josh uh, with two writers for like two months. So I got the job like late October, early November, and then we turned in the script in January, and that became like our shooting script. And it kept evolving from there, but they were pretty, um, they were pretty receptive, and like there wasn't, everything became just, can we pull it off? That was really it, and how, you know? Um, there wasn't any like sort of really strong pushback, you know, it was, maybe later on when we started to get into like a scene that we took out of the movie i used to start way darker uh optimus prime used to like kill decepticons and dump them in the hudson river and you would see like all these bodies laying at the bottom and it's like this is what he's been up to for seven years is trying to get back home and he doesn't like humans and he feels like he's you know just a truck it's that like there was a way darker opening we shot that so it will be released it's it's a dark, yeah. scene. Yeah. no it is it is but it was like a tone that i was like interested in but um and it was the right call for us to remove it out of the film just because of the Maximals and making sure that their story felt here. Mm. Um, but other than that, no, and some of the jokes, you know, Pete Davidson jokes, you know, we told the line a little bit, but that wasn't until later until we casted Pete Davidson. And I'm like, look, if we're casting Pete Davidson, it has to be like Pete Davidson. Like, we don't want the watered down version of him. And so, like, there's a few jokes in the film now that all Pete Davidson and that, you know. There's a few outrageous out. ones, actually. There was, <laughs> there was one that we all went, big oh, laughs. whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, whoa, that's in a Transformers movie. <laughs> for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were, though. The studio was pretty receptive. Yeah, and uh, so were the producers. Mm. And how did it feel? Like, 
you say suddenly you're now directing something that's massive and it's VFX that mm -hmm. is not necessarily in your wheelhouse. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. it might be, but not for the films I've seen of yours. No, not at all. So how did you approach that and was that daunting in any way? Uh, it was at first. I was a little afraid. I was like, oh man, like how am I going to do this, all this visual effects? But then there was a little bit of excitement, like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to learn how to do this. So uh, I only knew the basics. I knew green screen work. I knew extended punches because of Creed, Course, things like yeah, that, yeah. set extensions. Um, all those, but I didn't, I didn't create a robot from scratch, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was a little bit of everything. And when I say it's, it's research, watching every behind the scenes of the Transformers film, which I actually done before, mm -hmm. uh, I spoke to Bay, asked him, but well, most of our stuff was about managing, not design, uh -huh. but managing visual effects in houses. Cause he's like, dude, I was on a time crunch for every film I did. And if you have to work with multiple houses to, to, to do a sequence, say this house and different set of artists are working on your fight sequence, your battle on Ellis mm -hmm. Island, someone else is working on your volcano battle, you have to make sure a whole different company is that the primal looks like the same primal, that prime looks like the same prime. Wow. And you have to navigate that. And he's like, go see the artists, mm -hmm. go over to artist's shoulders, give them some advice. It's easier and it'll help things move along quicker. So I'm flying out to Montreal, I'm flying out to these places to go speak to the actual artist artists, um, which is actually pretty cool because they were all excited because they don't mm -hmm. get to talk to the director, but a shout out to Bay because that was Bay's idea, you know? And yes. I was like, oh, it speeds up the process, but also now I'm one-on-one -on -one with an artist mm -hmm. being like, the reason we designed this robot this way is so his face could actually emote or her face. Mm -hmm. So can you make this, air razor's mouth transform like this versus like a talking beak you know so that way you have those liberties but that helps when you're next to the artist and it's like that's our first convo maybe our only convo and then mm. i'll leave that but there's so many so, so how does it how does it work in terms of obviously you're, you're not directing a, a hundred foot robot in real life yeah um, so, so how do you yeah, yeah. how do you actually work what is the process of working with the actors and the voice artists yeah and what how much do you actually see in the sort of the pre-visualizations how do you get those sort of human you know, type responses yeah. from CGI. So, t so t from CGI or from the actors? Or well, both? I mean, from the, from the, from the robots, both. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I both, both, <laughs> both, both sides of the same coin, isn't it? It's, no, it's, yeah, yeah, no, it is. Uh, like, uh, starting with the previs, um, we we usually only do the action sequences in previs, right? And um, it's because of money, mainly, because you're like, it just takes a lot of time and it's and you have to put a lot of effort into it. So we only do the action sequences in previs. So if I'm on set and I'm talking to Anthony and Dom, like, Dom, you guys are going to run. Air Razor is going to pick you up like this. And they're like, wait, how is she going to pick me up? Mm. Pull out my iPad and I show the video. I'm like, this is how we're going to do it. So everything's rigged and we are all set to go. So that's how the previs sort of worked, helped us on set. Performance-wise, uh, and in the talking scenes, we I usually storyboard. Or, kid you not, I just use toys. So, like, I would bring toys to set, and I would have Prime and all these guys. I'm like, here go the two humans. Here it is. And I talk to the camera crew. We're going to get this shot. We're going to pull back. It's so much easier with toys than it is mm. anything else. Like, it's I'm really, really fun. Yes. And it's fun. Yes. You know, and Transformers are actually toys. So, yes. it's like, it just all panned out when you have all the toys of your characters on set. Um, yeah. So, that helps. And I will do that for dialogue, you know. And then you get the poles up, tennis ball on top. And this is where the actors come into play. So with the actors, I failed my first week. Like I, not the actors, I did. I failed them because I was very much behind the camera. And if the camera's on Noah, I'm reading the lines of Prime. Like, you know, oh, you let Cybertron down. Oh, Dada, I'm not an actor. So my lines weren't helping Anthony or Dom at all. <laughs> so what we did was, um, not to them, to me, I was like, look, I, I could, you know, I want you guys to go there with the actors. And I know they're, they're uh, the robots and I know they're not there. But performance-wise, I hired actors for each robot. So now on okay. set, it was a stick, a tennis ball, and an actor next to that stick. And they had a microphone just like this. Mm -hmm. And they had an earpiece. Every actor had an earpiece. So when they talk and emote it, they heard it. You wow. know. And so now it helps hey. with the eye lines. The actors step out, and now everybody knows their lines. And Noah could be in the scene talking to the air now, but getting a great performance out of someone who's like imitating Optimus Prime. And this dude's all into it, and he's Wait, like yeah, a voice cool. actor. And he's like, I love Peter Cullen. I hope I'm doing him justice. Like, And then, then he got a whole totally different performance. And that was like day three or four mm. that we had to adjust for that. Now the robots, really quickly, are different because the robots – I did something differently in this movie than any other Transformers, and I remember talking to Bay about it. He's like, you had a lot of shots on reactions and not action, meaning like Bay's like action-driven, right? Yeah, like he's, yeah. he's, the, he's a goat when it comes to action. For me, I was like, I want reactions, meaning I will cut to Optimus Prime and there's no line. 
He's just nodding his head. He's giving a facial expression. Love it. So like that kind of stuff like wasn't done in the other films. And so for me, I had to one convince studio being like, look, I want to pay for this shot because I think people are going to relate and care about the characters more. But two, design wise, can they emote? And so I would switch up the designs on everyone's face so they can emote. RC's face looks a little different. One, because I think it personally looks better. But now she can actually deliver a performance. Uh, same with Prime. He's kind of like how he was in the other films but when peter cullen went into the room and did his thing i started to like hey let's turn prime's plates a little bit more into peter cullen's face so he can do what peter cullen is doing and like and i just said the air razor thing that was the biggest one because it took us forever to figure out because her beak was so goofy right and in the design world on, on paper she looks great but it wasn't until we got that first like animation in and you hear michelle yell and it's like bah, 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 and you're like oh my god like wow. this is yeah. epic fail and like how can we capture what michelle yo did and then we start to put like slits in the beak and we're like what if it transforms so you can like actually do it and then you could connect with a, a bird more you know stuff like that, that we and that's, that's definitely one of the things i think that's that's so good about it and because you know the original movie and the original series you really cared about the robots it was all about the robots and, and i think anything you can do to increase that is is absolutely yeah. fantastic yeah their faces kind of were like i won't say human faces but they kind of were like human faces with like a brush of metal over it so they just did whatever they can do to emote back in the day with the cartoons whereas us we were like so specific on trying to use car parts and or metal mm. um just to like stay true to like the dna of transformers and it came across so well we do have to to let you go but finally oh. some advice for working with actors when they're working in something so big mm -hmm. what did you just something there that you did that really helped not only the fact that you what you just said but yeah. anything else uh, I mean I think for us was like the uh, a big project it was so rigorous like it was taxing on everybody um, I, I openly admitted like I worked a hell out of the actors and vice versa you know uh, them and everyone worked the mess out of me it was like we wanted to get to the finish line and like it was tough moving from you know I think we all done smaller movies and projects mm -hmm. so like creed was all shot in philly and the heights was all shot in the heights you know it was yeah, like yeah, that yeah. kind of thing yeah. um so for us to be traveling across the world and going through this sort of fatigue and being tired like we had to find ways to motivate us one was definitely music played music on set we had long night shoots um we became a really tight family close we always ate together and things like that nice. so we're always on the same page um but the big thing probably for all of us uh was there was this moment in Machu Picchu, you know what I mean, that we, because we're in our own bubble. It's only me, Noah, and Elena for most of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. me, me, directing these two actors because all the robots aren't there. And once we leave New York, we shot a lot of this in Peru. It's only three people, you know. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is everyone else is working, but, like, you're in a bubble. And so we were in Machu Picchu, kind of in our bubble because it was quarantine. But while we were on Machu Picchu, they opened up the gates and were like, hey, we're letting people back in for the first time since quarantine. And they asked us legit, is that okay? And I remember uh, the producers and everybody had this meeting. I'm like, do people travel all over the world? They haven't had Machu Picchu since whenever, yeah. 2020, right? Mm -hmm. It was 2021 we were going into probably when we were shooting this movie. And we're like, like we can't say no. Like, And they've been generous for us to shoot here. So we let the doors open. People are roaming around Machu Picchu while we're shooting and literally cheering us on as we're shooting our scenes. And that was like a huge motivator for us, man. Like that was like a real special moment for the actors, like to hear their names being yelled at from different accents across the world because so many people came to Machu Picchu to like see Machu Picchu, but little did they know that it would see Anthony Ramos and hear something like, Ron Anthony, like you see him running across the field and it's like, Optimus Prime. Yeah. And like they're going crazy and cheering, and he's like dying of altitude because he's like yeah. can't breathe. But he doesn't want to yeah. show that. But so he's going show again now. Yeah. Like let's do it but again. That, and it's like that's crazy. That's why we do this, isn't it? That's yeah, why we do exactly. This. Listen, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we really enjoyed the movie, yeah, and we wish you a huge success with it. So thank you very much for chatting to oh, us. Oh, thank you guys. Appreciate you, man. Thank appreciate you. you. Congrats. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That was fascinating. I'm sure you'll agree. Really interesting guy with mm. tons of knowledge. And you can see he knows what he's doing. You can hear he knows what he's doing. You can smell. <laughs> he knows you can smell. <laughs> smell. We were in the room with him. No, no, he felt very nice. But you can you can get it, right? Why he got the job. It's just that mm. confidence, that ability to sell yourself and, and know what you're doing and believe in it. And it's mm. just evident to jump from indie films to Creed 2 to Transformers. That's huge. Huge inspiration for you out there. 
So, we'll now have the actors, the stars of Transformers. Anthony Ramos, who was the lead in In the Heights. He was also in the film Hamilton as well. Uh, other credits include... Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Lyle <laughs> Lyle Crocodile. <laughs> um, Honest Thief, Godzilla, King of Monsters, A Star is Born, Monsters and Men, Patty Cakes, and White Girl. And joining him is... Dominique Fishback, fellow Dom, uh, Dominique Fishback, Woo-hoo. whose credits include Swarm, The Proud Family, uh, Modern Love, Judas and the Black Messiah, Project Power, The Juice... Random Acts of Flyness, The Hate You Give, Show Me a Hero, and Royal Paint. And, and they were really lovely with their time as well. And they'd obviously been doing a lot of press for the day. And we were the last people to chat with them. Yeah, they saved the best um, for last, definitely. I think so too. And there was a really nice moment when we finished. And they just did a little Instagram video of how they felt about the film, about each other. And we were there about to witness us. that. Obviously. About us, obviously, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they were really nice, really nice they um, were, yeah. actors, really nice people, and it was a delight to chat to them. So, for the actors out there, you're going to love this one. For the directors and filmmakers, you're going to love what the actors say about working on a huge movie like this and what they want from directors. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback. Yeah. Hi. Hiya. How are you? Hello. Hi, Dominique. Hey, what's, up, what's up, man? What's up? What's going on? on? Good. Hey, good to see you. Don't worry. Glad we're starting. Here, Here should we close the door? Just close the door. It's all good. It's all right. It's podcast. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's going to be great. Of course it's going to be great. So how, how are you both doing? Uh, I mean, amazing movie. We went oh, to the premiere. You. The yeah. reactions were incredible. How are you feeling? Wow. I feel great. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm, uh, I'm excited the movie's out. Yeah. Just, I That's feel nice. relieved. Um, yeah. I'm grateful. I'm about to watch it for a fourth time. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm gonna go on for 4DX. I'm gonna try watching 4DX. Oh, I haven't wow. seen it that way. Wow. I saw an IMAX. Yep. Uh, here in, in London, did which you was the, a cool, did you watch the premiere? Itself? I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it with like my, my family and my friends and stuff. So, yeah, it is weird because I'm like watching a movie that I'm in mm-hmm. that I, and I'm a fan of it, but it's like I'm just trying to watch it and pretend I'm not the person in it because yeah. I actually love Transformers. Yeah. Which is nice. Facts. Yeah, facts. Facts. And you looked amazing on the premiere night. You both mm-hmm. did. I love it. Thanks. And how are you feeling as well? I'm good. I'm very yeah. excited. You know, uh, we we worked on this. We started in uh, 2021. Mm. So it was supposed to come out last summer. Was it? And they got oh, pushed. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, just happy to be here now and, um, you know, sharing all of this, these special moments with Anthony Ramos. So can you talk us about the how you both got attached to this movie? Like how how does that actually begin for you both? Um I I met Steven, uh we had a meeting on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh we just talked for almost 2 hours and we just like we just connected, man. He was like, "Yo, would you, you know, he he had watched my work and stuff mm-hmm. like that and he he met with me and and he just basically asked me like the biggest thing was like he's like, "Yo, like uh what do you want to bring to this movie?" Yeah. And um and I said to him, he said, why do you want to do this? And I said, honestly, bro, I want to do this because I want to bring heart to these kinds of movies. I want yeah. to bring mm. something that, you know, that, you know, hopefully maybe we, we don't get to see in these films, right? Sometimes it's about explosions or visual effects. And mm-hmm. if we go to these movies to see that stuff. But, you know, I, I, I want people to care about the humans. I want people to want, need mm-hmm. the humans. So yeah. um, I want to go on that journey with you to figure out how to do that. And, um you know, so thankfully he offered me the role, man, and and um, I was hyped. Thought he was lying, but it was the truth. It must have been amazing because the heart. You're absolutely right. The heart in this film is fantastic, and I love that. You know, often you do get it, robots hitting robots a lot, and that's great. It's part of it. But here you had the heart, and your two characters were amazing, and they really were. And mm-hmm. I was like, when I was like, I can't wait for these two to meet. And I love the moment when you met as well. It was like, it was just, sparks flew. It was just great, especially in the action that was happening. And what about for you as well? Um, talk us through your moment of getting the role, how that felt for you as well. Yeah, uh, actually my team told me that they were going to do another Transformers. And I was like, I mean, I just did Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, exactly, you know, I yeah. did a lot of drama things. And uh, I just didn't know. You know, I knew I liked it since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Watched even Stevens and Shia go from like a TV star to movie star via Transformers, and said I want to do something like that. Um, 
But when it when the offer came, I was kind of like, I don't know. And then he told me, well, Stephen Cable Jr. is uh, mm. directing it and just like sit with him and, and talk. So it's okay. I sat with Stephen. Uh, he told me that he wanted Elena to kind of have her own arc, own autonomy, you know, uh, be separate from like the guy character in, in that way. Um, and then they told me that they were talking to Anthony mm. about it. And yeah. I was super excited about that because... Anthony and I are both from Brooklyn, and we would meet in cafes and be like, oh, man, we got to do something together, something really epic in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But uh, we both got busy, and then it just didn't happen. So when he said Anthony, I was like, oh, man, I would love to, to do this with Anthony. And I text Anthony like a bumblebee, like, transforming. He's like, what, what you know? I was like, honestly, it's like <laughs> they're talking to me about the role with uh, two other, with three other girls, I think. And then... I had to audition mm-hmm. for it, and then I had to do a chemistry test with Anthony. And you were all like, "We already know yeah. it. This is done. Don't worry. Yeah. We're already cool. We're, yeah. We know each other." I mean, I was like, "Look, you know, the, you, what you you want? Smart, beautiful, mm-hmm. from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You come on, man. Like, what are we doing out here? Yeah. You don't get more authentic than Dominique, you know." Yeah. So I, I was, you know, it was, uh, and you know, she's she's my home. She's my homie for years. So yeah. I was just like, "Yo." You know, come on, bro. What are we doing? So, talking about the chemistry side, like, how does the process go for you in terms of preparation? Did you do any rehearsals? Did you meet each other before? What were the conversations like with the director? Like, how did how did that process work for both of you? Because you you made it feel like a very close relationship with you both. Did we 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 did rehearse a little bit, right? You and I, we did like a we did like we read it together on Facetime when I was in Atlanta. Right. Um, just read the script and kind of like talked about what we was excited about, mm. things like that. But we didn't actually have to like sit down and rehearse things. We were pretty comfortable with each other. And so, in fact, it kind of got in the way because Stephen would be like, guys, you don't know each other yet. <laughs> like, at the museum where we're right yeah. from explosions and Anthony's like, hold, like holding me and making sure I'm good and like super close. Yeah. Stephen's like, hey. Yeah, he was like, yo, don't like stop holding on to her or like protecting her mm-hmm. like that. I mean, you... You don't really know it like that, you know, kind of thing. So, yes. yeah. Um, it was just instinctual because that's like, you, again, we've been friends mm-hmm. we've already. So, so your instinct is to go right. I'll go instinct protect. Instinct is like, yeah, yeah, you know. But he had a good point. Yeah, you right. don't know each other yet in the movie. You've he just was, met, yeah, so like, yeah. you're strangers. Yes. Don't forget, you're strangers yeah. at this point. But yeah. And and how did the conversations with the the director go in terms of? Were there things on the page you were thinking, okay, I, I love this, but I'd like to sort of move into this, or maybe we can discuss these choices? Don't to speak to that. Uh, what? <laughs> 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 it's so funny because I did give a lot of notes. Oh, okay. I, I did give. But from the beginning, Stephen said, you know, you can give me a note at 2 o'clock in the morning. I didn't give him notes at 2 o'clock in the morning. But you wanted to. I spared him. You spared yeah, him. I was like, yeah, yeah, wait, wait. I've got notes. I have to wait until 9 a.m. Schedule for 9. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> a reminder. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Accenture overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Try Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost, built for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, incredible load times, and 24-7 WordPress priority support, your sites will be lightning fast with global reach. And with Bluehost Cloud, your sites can handle surges in traffic no matter how big. Plus, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. Get started now at Bluehost.com. Yeah. Uh no, but I I did that uh just because like coming from theater, I was in this theater company that in order to act you had to write your own stuff. And so like star- character arc and all that kind of stuff is a part of my makeup in pre- prepping for a character. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that I think that my ideas are the best and they have to be in it. It's just more so I'm a collaborator and I wanna work with filmmakers 
who are collaborating as well. If you're looking for an actor that's like, oh yeah, just you just go over there and act and do what I say, then I'm just not the right girl for you. So I just wanted him to know that, especially even on this big film, this big blockbuster, I'm still I'm still gonna be the same, the same way I approach her, the same way I approach Deb and Juice and Black Messiah or Robin Last Day's Tommy Gray is gonna be the same. Uh, but definitely gave a lot of notes and uh one of the notes that I that I gave that's not in there, but we did try it out, was I, I did want um maybe against popular opinion, but I did want Elena and Noah to have a thing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if like I don't know how audience members felt about it, but you know you hear like the fans being like, "Oh, we don't need that, we don't need this." Mm. Sometimes, but but you definitely felt that towards the end, like it, that oh. moment. That moment was yeah. there, like for anyone who wanted to interpret that way, for sure. Mm. Oh, sweet. Well, you know, but Steven's also really smart. He didn't want to put everything in just the first film. I I actually I like that, that the mm. audience gets to know them individually, mm. care about them, you know, for themselves, and then kind of. Be like, oh, but what about Noah and Elena? You know, as opposed to getting for, getting it forced on. I don't know. Yeah, well, you can shoehorn these things in a bit because everyone expects them. This is the kind of film, these two meet, meet cute moment, even though there's a lot of stuff going on during that moment. But she punches them in the face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, and of course you want stuff to happen. That's the vibe. But then it's great that it doesn't because, like you say, it's not just this movie. If, if, we, get another, if we get another if one. If you get another one. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, but I also have to say, Sorry, but I haven't said this the whole press run. And I was very excited for something very small, that my character's name was Elena, and I'm a huge Vampire Diaries fan. Okay. And yeah, yeah. Uh, that his character's name was Noah, and I'm a huge The Notebook fan. So <laughs> I was living in my, <laughs> my tween wow. girl romance <laughs> dreams. Well, you got the animals from those arcs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You got the animals. <laughs> Yes, that is an exclusive right exclusive here. Exclusive exactly. voice. That's going to go global. First. That's it. <laughs> no, but that's cool. But talking of that then and talking of doing notes and talking of you as actors and speak, working with any directors, not just on this film, but it's sometimes hard, like you say, coming into a movie like this or other movies to get your voice across because directors come in with their vision. Producers might have, the writer's already written the thing and you're coming in to fill in a box sometimes. And I, don't, I mean that in the nicest way. True, it's true. And like, I love that you've come in with notes. I think that's great. I think it's fantastic. How do you deal with challenges? How do you deal with uh, getting your emotions across, getting things that you want it to go a certain way, especially when you're dealing with big CGI? Let's bring it to Transformers. You're talking about big CGI. Anthony. You know, thankfully... Um, thankfully Steven is open you know he's mm. very open some directors are not uh, some di- some directors are very much like Yo, you say every word that's written on that paper do not change one word and that's yeah. that's the way it is and that's how we're going to do it mm. but Steven Steven is not that way most directors aren't that way every now and then you'll find one that's like very militant in that way but um, so it helps yeah and how do you deal with that how do you sort of challenge that and go well actually I don't want to do it militantly and for our directors out there who are listening it's like it's important for them to know they're not actors they because don't you're trying to find the most honest moment mm. right every scene is about finding the every moment in a movie is about finding the most honest part mm. of that moment so sometimes there is that moment isn't in there the way it's written Sometimes you have to find that for yourself. Sometimes it's another way of saying something that feels more honest for that character than the way it was written, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then especially if a role was written one way and you weren't even the person in mind for sure. the role, yeah. right? Your character now and the character you're creating in the, you know, like the arc, right, that you're creating could be different than the, the, the arc that was originally uh, laid out on the paper right like there's li- small little moments in the movie that we make up the handshake between me and my little brother mm-hmm. you know the yeah, yeah. you know uh even in the uh you know that the home team the what we say in the movie that comes from a, something my dad would say to me and my brother my, me and my brother say that to each other all the time we text each other the moment where we're chasing each other in the museum and she jukes me mm-hmm. that that's all you know you can't write that stuff down but those are these are all honest moments these are all very you know, even when when Dom fell, mm-hmm. and I'm like, are, "Are you okay?" That's a very honest moment. Yeah, because I did really slip. <laughs> yeah, she really slipped, right? <laughs> yeah. it, you know, so it's these. You know, you can't. You, you, and it's just just being open to changing lines. And you know, Dom, there was a, even at the end of the film where she's like, "You know, we can't leave him and be transforms." Or, or you know, 
Uh, sorry, spoiler. Anyway, I guess <laughs> yeah. the movie's out, right? So it doesn't matter anyway, right? I mean, it um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It does matter. You can hold it. And do, you, um, do you ever have any? Do you ever have any difficulty dealing with the actual? You know, dealing with a, a CGI robot or a tennis ball on a, a string, like that side of things. Like, is it, is it a challenge? Do you have to like really bring the internal side into your mind before you start acting? You know, with the robots, so to speak. I, I think uh, there's definitely a challenge. I think all actors are different. Um, coming from from theater, you know, it, it was like in school you do a monologue and nothing and no one's there. Mm-hmm. You're so that's crea- great training. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. creating a world. That you had, that the audience has to believe is happening. So in a similar way, to me, it was like, oh, I, I recognize this. I can, and I have a one woman play mm. where I play twenty different characters, and so I'm literally emoting to myself a lot of the times. So to like look up and see areas and and feel away is like not the hard part. More so, it was the um, the remembering the different heights where each robot was, kind of where they're moving. And you have somebody reading the lines to you, but they have to say, R.C. says, da-da-da-da, because they're not changing their voice. Mm. So, you know, you're listening out, and you got to remember who's where, and then me and Anthony have to look at certain actions at the same time in the same direction without looking at each other. And that was, like, the difficult part, I think, for me. Mm. Yeah, like dealing with the CGI and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what Dom said is... Same. How I don't want to take around. I've been taking around since this whole pr- press tour. Yeah. 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 I go say it yeah. and then he say it exactly yeah. the same yeah. way. You know, you just gotta yeah. use your imagination. You know, you gotta yeah. follow the eyeline. She's like, Yo, my man, I said I said all of that. But, <laughs> you um, just weren't listening, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You no. zoned out, bro. Zoned out, bro. Pay attention. <laughs> um But gen- but generally working with directors. Um how do you, you know, like to work? Do you, do you like to rehearse before? Just like the, uh, sometimes, you know, you don't got time, especially on indie films. You haven't got time. So do you like to come in, rehearse? Do you prep? Do you, do you like notes from the directors? Do you like little tweaks? Or do you like, let's start again, let's break it down? Just maybe talk us through that for us. I, li- I like to rehearse. Mm. You know, I enjoy rehearsing. I think rehearsal is important. Um, you know, I, I don't like to beat it in in the ground sure. you know i like to keep it fresh enough where it's it can be a still feel like a new moment on set but um but I, I love to rehearse i love to walk through a scene i like to read through the script with the cast some mm. you know I, I enjoy that you know it gives me a full scope of what is going on it's different when you're reading it by yourself and for me i'm i'm just not one of those people that it's very difficult for me to really you know know what the full scope of something is by just reading it myself it's very helpful for me to hear other people's voices and mm. for me to you know feel that the stage person reading the stage direction like okay the car crashes mm. here and the explosion happens there Noah and Elena run this way and that right like for somebody to read that aloud and for me to hear that I'm like okay yeah I'm envisioning it gives me the time where I ain't reading it and trying to vision. I'm just envision. I'm listening and envisioning it and um it's cool to listen to the other actors make choices and kind of those initial choices, even though it might not, most of the time it's not going to be the choice they're going to make on set, but it's cool to listen to that because that just helps me. It's just like, okay, cool, cool, cool. That's what their voice sounds like with that character. This is what, so it, all of that's helpful. Going through the scene, you know. And when it sort of comes to the scene, do you like to kind of go in with a lot of explosive energy and those first five, ten takes, that's like your your real attack plan? Or do you like to sort of warm up into it, see how things are going, start playing with it, sort of move into your, your rhythm? I mean, I, I give it my best effort for sure, but I definitely those few takes are, those few takes are warm-ups. You know, oh, I would warm-ups, say, yeah, right, yeah, okay. you know, because I just... It's my first time on the set, so I got to feel it out. Mm. Gotta feel, because sometimes a choice will... Sometimes I make a different choice based on I didn't know a pencil was gonna be there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know the there's a TV in front of me. I didn't know that. I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Mm. There's just certain things you don't know until you get on the set. You're like, oh damn, I could do something cool with this pencil while yeah, I'm. Yeah. You know, I could be clicking this pen right here like this while I'm doing this scene. Right? This is this could be like a little tick he has or just mm-hmm. small things that you just you just don't know until you get to the set so you try to do it in the rehe- the camera rehearsal you know you yeah. try to you try to find those things as much as you can but sometimes you you can find it in in the scene and how know? about you dominique um in terms of in terms of like whether you like to sort of build into the scene or whether you kind of like to hit it running and 
especially yeah. if it's an emotional scene because yeah. sometimes you've got to build up to that moment and the cameras are ready to turn and you, you, know, you, you can get rid of it very early mm-hmm. or you can kind of save a little bit and yeah. you know get your I'll, feel I'll first I'll go for it you go for it yeah 100% yeah interesting yeah um, interesting because in the TV show that they're swarm mm. there's but a couple but you also produced as well right? yeah yeah congrats yeah thank you thank you Excellent. but it's a couple of scenes like we you just didn't have time and we were shooting on film mm. and so I like I just did like it. It would be like one take, and they'd be like, "All right, I like, what are you doing?" So I've learned quickly to like just give it, give it my all in the beginning. So that's that's a director trick sometimes to to sort of make the because sometimes you don't have time. So sometimes they'll just do one take on a scene that they know they can cut round or do a wide on. So they'll just go, yeah, one take, so that next time you'll deliver on the first take. It's it's quite interesting. Or shoot it? the rehearsal. Yeah, or we'll shoot the rehearsal. I love when they shoot the rehearsal. Because sometimes yeah, the rehearsal's yeah. better. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like you're thinking less too when yeah. in the, you're in the rehearsal. Yeah, just going with it, right? And just yeah. playing. Yeah. Are, there, are there many differences between this and an indie film in that respect? Because obviously an indie film, sometimes you don't have many takes. And what are the other differences from this, say, in a sort of a more intimate drama? I feel like for, for Transformers, ironically, it felt really intimate. I don't know if it's because, I don't know if they wrote it specifically with COVID in mind because we still were in COVID, mm. but... It literally, it was me and Anthony a lot of the film together. There's no robots. So, therefore, it's literally two actors that they have to bring to set. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is kind of crew. So, that made it a little bit more intimate. And it felt a little indie. Obviously, it had a lot more money and things behind it. But there was an intimacy that we had and that Steven allowed us to have to bring it in. Talking to us about character and like, oh, where is he at when he says this part? Like, mm-hmm. really giving it the time. Yeah, which is why it stands out, I think. Which is why I think you both come across so brilliantly in this film. And you compare it to something like Hamilton or In the Heights, which I I loved you in the Heights. It's so good. That's so good. Comparing that to sort of like the Indies and then the musical side of something to then going into this, the differences on that, are there any for you as an actor? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's different. It's, It's different doing a musical than to an action movie or, you know, epic kind of movie like this but you know there are a lot of similarities the choreography right you learn the choreography you got to know where to be where to stand you got to stay in shape for those for for these movies it's the same a lot of a a lot of the same for for something like this right action sequences there's fight choreography there's all different types of you know certain ways to move if the if you're shooting a cannon mm-hmm. a certain way your arm is going to move right the recoil on the cannon what does that feel like what is you're dodging you're shooting then you're dodging something you're shooting right back you know like this is it's, it's all movement it's all body movement right so you got to figure out what that feels like in your own body it's the same as choreography and the, yeah. and musicality you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. and it's all it's all about a story man you know i treat the scenes the same way i write songs my new singles out by the way viano mm-hmm. holla Holla. Um, yeah, and you just treat them the same way, man. It's like a beginning, middle, and end. You know, mm. what do we what do we want to say here? What's the point? You know. Mm. And if I had one one more question, because I know we're gonna wrap up. Uh, if a director or a filmmaker is trying to get a script to you, like through your agent, obviously, what what kind of appeals to you? Do you like like personalized letters? Do you like pitch decks? Is it just pure scripts? Like, what kind of interests you in a role? And that's for both of you. Dominic, start with you. Uh. What kind of what interests me in a role? Yeah, or in what uh, the presentation. So your, act, mm. your your agent says, oh, this has just arrived you for you. Do you just well, want the, the script the, or do you like other materials, like a personal no, letter? No, the, the, script is, the script is good. Personal letters are cool, but if if the script ain't, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you know? But uh, yeah. I definitely don't like, I mean, the character breakdown kind of throws me sometimes. It's like not really... Mm. You know, because it's so funny that a lot of the films and projects that I've done, my first instant was always no. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a agent at the time, and she would be like, "Okay, Dom, like just take it, just take it and read it, mm-hmm. you know, for the weekend. If you and if you still don't want to do it, you don't have to do it." And it was before I had any credits, but wow. it would, it would be stuff like you know, in this indie that I did called Night Comes On. Mm-hmm. She it would say like, "Oh, eighteen year olds getting out of juvenile, like a juvenile descent." detention center or whatever and she wants to like kill her dad and i'm like ugh, you know like why do i like i don't want to do or like playing the the ghetto sister and the hate you give and those type of things that felt super stereotypical Mm -hmm. so i i find that the the character breakdown 
does never truly excite me. And a lot of times I just need my agents to tell me, like, they know what I like, essentially. They know at least the themes that I'm looking for. Yeah. So if they be like, this is something you should definitely check out, I get to it a little bit faster. Mm. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's get good. the agents on side. Yeah, and what about yourself? Yeah, you, you, you've picked a lot of really special roles, though. Like, you, mm. you've been very specific. Every role is different, too. Like, all your work is, like, nobody could watch your work and be like, yo, she does the same thing same so thing you know what i'm saying yeah. very very like you did the dialect in judas and the black messiah like mm. you, you played you had different faces with dre like even your role in the deuce she's very she was the one character that you felt the most mm. so you you know you you definitely Pub, good publicist uh, yeah yeah <laughs> serious you know now i watch all her stuff she knows i watch all her stuff. but um yeah for me it's about the story you know i i don't really want to do um, it's been very few times I've, I'm, I'm guilty of saying that I've done one job for a check I have <laughs> one job for a check um, sure but uh, but the rest um, not this one not, <laughs> not this one no. this, this one was a, a blessing it Pure was a love. good story that came with a check yeah yeah but yeah. Um, you know but I did for this job I did ask them I said you know they, they, they wanted to they wanted me to commit without me reading the script and I was like nah Good. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I understand this is a, this is a big opportunity for me, and this could, you know, uh, change my life in a big mm-hmm. way, and you know, or, you know, it, it's Transformers. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Like, trust. I'm a fan, mm-hmm. but I have to read the script. I'm not. I can't. I cannot do this job, and sign on for six months of my life or seven months, and and know that it's a story that I don't care about. Yeah. I think I think that's one of the things that is all of the people we've spoken to on this film has been in common is that everyone really cares about the story. Everyone is giving notes, everyone's giving thoughts mm-hmm. and it's all being taken in the right way and making good drama basically. Yeah, and you two are brilliant in it. Honestly, congratulations. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much Thanks for, having for us. chatting us. Thanks thank you. guys thank you. and good luck with the rest of this. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So it's a tra- transformative role. Yeah, there you go. Come on. I was waiting the whole time. I couldn't, I couldn't find you to put it. <laughs> So there you have it. That was um, what a lineup that was. Ah, Stephen Cable Jr. and then the actors Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback. Uh, weren't they? What lovely? a joy, eh? What a joy. What a joy. And it just goes to show you can go and make your huge Hollywood blockbuster. You can do it today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you can at least go on the, the journey towards it today. You can do something about it today. Um, yeah. Whether that's working on that script, getting things polished. I think if we learn anything it's that you know when you get these kind of guests on you look back two films in 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 some of them and they were doing an indie film so you're only ever one yep. or two films away from a hollywood movie so if you're ever watching these hollywood things and thinking oh this is out of reach it's never out of reach it's one or two films away totally agree with that very well said so go out there do it today make something happen and if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well just as anthony ramos dominic fishback and stephen keppel jr have done it is your duty to Transform the elevator back down. Yeah, send the transformer back down. <laughs> yeah, the... well, I mean, you could send yeah, the transformer no. down in the elevator if they fit. But it'd have to be one of those. Um, <laughs> have to be one of those mini transformers that fits into. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, but I hope you have a really, really great week, and look forward to next Tuesday's episode when we have on the director and writer of Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. Whoa, Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah. yeah. Been a bit, yeah. of a bit of a paramount yeah. takeover on the uh, your pod yes. recently, isn't it? They're getting, they're getting a good, good three or four episodes out of us. Yeah, they have. I mean, they? We, get, we get quite a lot out of them as well. So I mean, we, to, we, it's we, a good we relationship. <laughs> it's a very we're very happy with it. Thank you, Paramount. Um, Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Melissa. <laughs> yes, that's for you next week, everyone. So look look out for that. I mean, wow. Um, I know. He's amazing. Got an hour chatting with him about storytelling and about why that's so important in film. You do not want to miss that. That is no. Christopher McQuarrie. Oh my God. Mm. It's going to be amazing. Till next Tuesday when we have a mission. Should you choose to accept it? You better do. You better do. Bye, everyone. Okay.